0: Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. It's about time I'm back, right? (laughs) This is Karen, and I'm really glad you joined me. Today's podcast episode is titled, I Smell Smoke. (laughs) It doesn't mean I'm smoking something. I'm just saying, I smell smoke. (laughs) Again, I'm Karen. I am your host for the Woman Inspired Podcast, and you can find me on Instagram at one woman inspired. That's the number one Followed by Woman Inspired or on my website at womaninspired.com and I will soon have links to all of my blogs and speaking engagements and, of course, this podcast on womaninspired.com. You can also find me um, at .org.net and uh, McCracken, which is my name. So I appreciate you joining me today. I appreciate it if you also get a chance to share this podcast with someone who you think might need it, might want it, might be interested in it, and even if they aren't shared anyway, <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay, so I smell smoke. Now um, I start off every podcast with some quotes or what I call pod quotes. And I actually have three of them today. Da-da-da-da, an extra blessing, I hope. <laughs> and these are just things that um, have to do with the mindset I'm in, what God's put on my heart, and the message of the day. So here we go. Quote number one is from Proverbs twelve twenty two: The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. And the next quote is actually by Bruce Lee. Yes. Kung Fu, Karate, Bruce Lee. If you don't want to slip up tomorrow, speak the truth today. And here's another one that I have no idea who said it. It's anonymous, but I found that I quite like it. Beware of your feelings. They can be the biggest liars within us. They make truth what we want it to be. I like that, so I'm going to repeat it. Beware of your feelings. They can be the biggest liars within us. They make truth what we want it to be. All right, so recently I was on this really solid kick to eat healthier. You know, reduce calorie intake, drink more water, nothing radical, just the basics, which has worked for me in the past. So I did this for several weeks, and I'm not what you would call a health nut by any stretch of the imagination, okay? I'm just a nut, not a health nut. (laughs) But I tried hard to eat Whatever makes me feel better physically and mentally, and I work to avoid, for the most part, what doesn't. You know, I don't care about eating what some people call empty calories, because to me, if you thoroughly enjoyed it, and your taste buds were wowed by it, and it's not super unhealthy for you, where you're, you know, gorging on it all the time, then it's not empty. There's no emptiness in that. It was fulfilling. Maybe it's not the most nutritious thing, and I wouldn't encourage you to eat it all the time. But at its best, it wouldn't be considered, in my opinion, empty. It had a purpose, even if that purpose was to help you enjoy life for just a little while or experience something new or let someone spoil you with something that they've cooked for you. Now, that does not mean I'm a proponent of the philosophy eat whatever you want whenever you want because tomorrow you'll die or going overboard on stuff like that. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Because that gets into feeding ourselves to avoid other things. So that's a whole different podcast, different testimony, not what I'm talking about today. But in my quest this past year to shed some weight that I'd put on and feel better inside and out, I researched a few different diets, kind of like many of us have, probably most of us. And Well, I guess, wait a minute, I got to back up here. I have to wait, 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 right? Because I'm not allowed to call them diets anymore, right? It's lifestyle changes or an eating plan. I was researching food intake regimens, (laughs) whatever it is they call it now, because you're not supposed to call it a diet. Um, All these more descriptive, less uh, supposedly offensive, politically correct verbiage, Um, these changes, they just slip by me and I don't really care about them. I told my husband the other day, he couldn't say, please hand me a Kleenex, (laughs) because he had to blow his nose. I told him he now has to say, pardon me, but I need to tissue-fy my nasal passages. (laughs) Uh, He just looked at me like, you're crazy, okay, or a nut, because I am a nut. But anyway, (laughs) in my quest to research different updated diets um, and look at additional ways to avoid inflammation basically is what I was doing. I saw every kind of pill powder, drink mix, prepared meals, meal plans, psychological monthly food coaching, and all kinds of things on sale, um, for sale, on sale, 10 for the price of two (laughs) subscription, no subscription, overly priced astronomical kind of sell your car and give them the last drop of blood you have to be able to afford (laughs) these products, that were advertised. I mean, that's what I saw. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And if you even again, research one thing, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All of these things have stupendous promises that come with them. Most of them, I am fairly assured are lies because really my friends, if they all worked, I think we would have been doing them all along or they would be the rage and everyone would be doing whatever it is or something akin to them. Right. So, and, and if they do work, They don't work for everyone. Let's be realistic. You know, I have a friend who has been very successful on keto. It's perfect for her body and her life. I have another one who is vegan, and that's perfect for her body and her life. But no promoted product or diet plan can make big promises and supposed guarantees that will work for everyone. That's not reality. Those are lies. And, well, thanks to good old, we will invade every part of your tech life, home life, and orifice of your body, Google... Sorry, but true. <laughs> these ads pop up on everything I do online now because I dared one day to look up diets or diet plans. So now all of these ads with all of these different crazy things pop up everywhere I go. I mean, just seeing all these before and after ads are enough to make yourself esteem kind of plummet and go in the toilet if you take them seriously. And just don't, don't get me started on Google. Okay. It's too late. I started myself on Google. Okay. I (laughs) started on Google. This small podcast host is going to go on a tangent. Warning, warning, warning. Just one, one moment of a tangent. So bear with me. Here's my tangent. I, okay. I accidentally clicked into Google Chrome on my phone one day while I was putting it in my purse at the grocery store. And so it was apparently listening in as it does when you, think it's not listening in. So it was listening into what was going on around me at the grocery store. And it just so happens I was in the pharmacy section buying fish oil supplements and a man and his wife were talking right behind me. And the man asked the wife where the hemorrhoid creams were. And he told her he had quote unquote, a bad itch up his bum. (laughs) Yes, that's what he said. I remember it very clearly, a bad itch up his bum. So she kept shushing him, but it was too late because my ears already heard it. I didn't really want to know it, but Google also heard it because when I got around another aisle, I thought maybe I'd better pull up my grocery list and look at it. And I'd written it in, in a notepad app in my phone, which is the habit I got into doing. So when I pulled up my phone, there it was, Google, open to the search page. The topic of the day, amply Googled in the search bar, it said hemorrhoids. I have an itch up my bum. So, from that point on, for weeks, everything I looked up on Google, YouTube, Instagram, anything on my phone, when I played Words with Friends on my phone, guess what? Ads came up flashing across the sc- screen. You got it. You got it. Bum itch creams or, you know, hemorrhoid creams. Only they call them, you know, other different things besides that. So now I do two things when I go grocery shopping. Number one, I make a paper list and put it in my purse. And number two, I lock my phone screen before putting it in my purse. So, yes. True story, <clears throat> that's how, one. That's my Google tangent. Okay, and as so convoluted as it might seem, this brings me to, to today's podcast. I smell smoke, or what originally I titled "The Lies We Believe." I really like "I Smell Smoke" better because when my kids were younger, and they used to tell a lie, I would say, oh, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, turn around. I think your behind is on fire." So, as you can tell, I have an issue with lies no, I'm not perfect. I have told lies. Not happy to say so, but I have. I'm being honest and realistic. Usually I've told them in an effort not to hurt someone's feelings, but honestly, which is selfish because I don't want to have to deal with someone else's feelings, right? I don't want to have to feel bad because I hurt somebody else. So it's selfish that I told a lie. But as I've grown older, I realized that as long as I speak in love and boldness with kindness in my truth and a Christ-like attitude, I don't have to buffer or water down the truth. I don't have to lie to someone to get something, to please them or, or to work to not hurt their feelings or to boost them up. I don't have to lie. So that has become something I've been able to walk away from and leave behind. F- because for me, even the smallest lie will make me feel horrible inside. And frankly, I don't like feeling horrible. So I guess in some meetings that's selfish as well. But I don't feel... Feel like I should walk around with this heavy load that I've added to myself because I've lied about something. Lying creates a chasm that's really hard to get over in any kind of relationship, especially in your relationship with God, but also at work, in your personal life. It sucks the energy out of a relationship. Lying kills trust and it becomes a huge wedge, like I said, between you and God. So, in case you didn't know it, lies (laughs) beget lies they're like potato chips. You can't have just one. You have one, then another, then another because lies like companionship. And once you lie, mm, the more you're okay with lying. And then you lie again, and then you lie again up to the point that you can't even remember what's the truth and what's a lie because you can't remember where your string of lies began. And frankly, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live in a web of lies that I've so deeply constructed and piled on top of my life that I can't recall what the truth is anymore. And I do know people who are like that. And and I have to not have them in my life all the time. I have to keep them at bay. I have to take everything they say with a grain of salt and question anything when I do communicate with them. But and I don't want people to have to treat me that way. And I don't I don't like having those kind of relationships in my life. So as I was saying before, researching these diets And these food plans, the diet industry and Google, it all reminded me just how much I hate lies and how important the truth is and how destructive the lies can be. So besides being propelled by the barrage of lie-filled diet non-diet plans, the pills and the powder shoved in my face the past few months, I've also propelled and moved to write about lies that we believe about ourselves. Um... And that came from after, after having a conversation with an old friend, she's actually a relative and a friend, but she and I were talking about the Bible and how my women's group and I are studying the book of revelation this year. And this is actually the second time we've delved into revelation in the past nine years. It's that important. If you're, if you're hearing me and you've, you've never been told about revelation or ever studied it, trust me. It's that important. It's that amazing. And it's hopeful too. It's also very timely, but we also have some newer members of our group who have never studied it. And so we all decided that 2021 was the time that we would do it again. Granted with everything going on in the world, we haven't met as much as we normally would, but we're still on the path to continue studying it anyhow. So in my talk with my friend um, slash relative, she said, Oh no way. I'm not doing it. I'm never, ever reading Revelation and I'm not studying it. And I was really shocked because she's a Christian. She loves the Lord. uh, You know, she's really into um, understanding the word, but she's never read Revelation and she refuses to study it. She said, it's too hard to understand and it's scary. Why would I put myself through that? Come to find out after talking to her a little bit more, she'd never read it. Not even one little part of it. So she didn't actually know enough about it to really be able to state that the content of Revelation was scary to her. She was just repeating what other people had told her. And the reason she has never ever read it was because she was raised in a church that taught that only elders of the church, all men, only men, could read and decipher the true meaning and the timing of everything that God shares in the book of Revelation. Um, Someone in her church had smoke out there, bum. That's what I'm saying. Their pants were on fire. Their behinds were on fire. She was lied to. <laughs> she believed these lies though, because that's what she was raised with. It's what was ingrained in her. She believed lies about revelation so much so that she had determined to never ever read or study the one book in the Bible, by the way, that states at the very beginning of it that Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart. What, and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. The one book in the Bible that says you'll be blessed for reading it and hearing it and she's never read it because of the lies that she was told. My heart breaks for her and for anyone else who was taught that the Bible was only meant to be read by certain individuals and interpreted to them. So my heart goes out to anyone who is believing the lie that the Bible is too hard to understand too, that it's too scary and not relevant anymore. Have you heard those excuses before? Have you heard people who are Christians and non-Christians say that that the, the Bible is too hard to understand? I've heard a lot of people state that they don't think the Bible is relevant either. Oh, it's not relevant any longer. It's old and outdated and doesn't address modern day issues. Well, those are lies too. So to those who perpetuate those lies, this is what you can tell them. Say, um, which of the following are not modern day current issues? Which of the following are not relevant? Your friends, your family, community, culture, country, um, famine, war, lack of rain, too much rain, fire, family struggles, divorce, religious disagreements, violence, money issues, political strife, sickness, persecution, Uh, which one of these things is not relevant because all of those things and more are addressed in the Bible. So yeah, if you hear someone say that the Bible is outdated and not relevant, please turn them around and confirm that their behind is indeed on fire and tell them they need to um, put it out, (laughs) that they they have some serious studying to get to. Okay. (laughs) So speaking of smelling smoke, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Remember, I smell smoke. Um, what about the lies we were told when we were younger and still believe somewhere deep inside us right now, or maybe even not necessarily, you know, long time ago, younger when we were a child, but as we get older, what about those lies? I read a quote, uh, when I was studying lies, actually, uh, by someone named Barb Thomas. I have no idea who she is, but there's a quote by her out there that says, sometimes the lies we let ourselves believe are for our own good. Yeah. That's what she said. Sometimes the lies we let ourselves believe are for our own good. And I cannot, Miss Barb Thomas, disagree with you more. I can't think of one time I've been lied to or lied to myself that in the end was good for me. Did it benefit me maybe for a time or in a short period or did I fool myself into thinking it benefited me? Sure. But then when the light of truth began to shine in, everything came crashing down and it hurt me 10 times worse than a bold emphatic word of truth would have from the very beginning or it hurts someone else worse in the long run when I think about it if I lie to myself and I say I am what I'm not or I'm better off than I am what what good does it do me does it push me to grow does it push me to be healthier to be kinder to be wiser no because it's a lie nothing good comes from a lie nothing great grows from a lie So again, what about those lies that we say to ourselves or the lies that we were told and we believe? What of the things we convince ourselves are true just because we think it makes our lives easier or because that's what we've been taught by society or by our families or our own personal experiences or our feelings? Remember that quote in the beginning? Sometimes we believe the lie that's wrapped in our feelings I'd say that some of us have some lies we've believed for a long time that need to have the light of truth shining on them to get rid of them. And so I'm encouraging you before I even get done with this podcast, to pray for the Lord to shine the light on what it is that you're believing that's a lie. Have him reveal to you the lies that you believe. So before I get into these lies that I have believed. I'd like to make sure we're on the same page here about what a lie is. I mean, I think we all know in some essence what a lie is, right? It's something that's not true. But in the bigger picture, in our daily lives and in our walk with God, what exactly are lies and how do they impact us? Okay, yes, lies are untruths, but they're usually used to manipulate someone into doing something or into going in a direction they're not supposed to go, or to make someone compromise on who they are and what they believe in and in their moral values. So lies are the gateway basically to total deception. Deception is the goal of evil-minded people. Um deception is the goal of selfish people, misguided people, of fools and demons. And the Bible says in Ephesians 5 6, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. So, when you're deceived, it's much easier to be disobedient. In fact, a lot of disobedience comes out of deception, self deception, and being deceived by others because we believe lies that lead us down the path of deception and disobedience. Galatians 6 7 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows and a woman too, by the way. So lies that we were told or that we have created in our own minds can lead us to reap a harvest that we don't want. It can fill our storehouses with bitter grains. So I'm going to share with you a list of lies I used to tell myself. Some seem simple and light as if they're no big deal, but they can have a huge impact for a long time if you believe them and some are huge but they've all impacted me in big ways and they're things that I have to fight even now not to believe and not to fall back into uh, holding on to as if they're truth and I used to teach teen and preteen girls for years that they should only gain their identity through Christ and not in the world and not to believe the lies that the world says about who they are but even after knowing all of that and speaking it and preaching it And and knowing how wonderfully made I am, even after knowing down to the very core of who I am inside and out that God loves me, I still fight some of these major lies that the world taught me that I took in and believed. Okay, you ready? So let me know if any of these sound familiar to you. Lie number one, I'm not beautiful, I'm not pretty, I'm ugly. Those three are all kind of wrapped up together. Because first and foremost... Let me just say, I do know, although I didn't used to know, I do know that the beauty that matters most to God is what's in my inner spirit and my character. But it's so easy to forget that when we have a world around us telling us something different on a daily basis. On top of that, do not forget that man's definition of beauty is not what matters. It doesn't matter that you've gained weight or that you've lost too much weight or that you have gray hair, dyed hair, no hair. <laughs> it doesn't matter that your body is developing well-earned wrinkles or that your breasts are two inches lower on your chest than they were four years ago. And I'm talking to myself here, by the way. <laughs> look at how diverse and amazing the world is. We don't have to look just like someone else or cut our bodies up here to there and add fillers to it and transform our bodies into the latest and greatest body trend or, or dress a certain way in order to be beautiful God made us all with differences for a reason and when you work to be beautiful inside it shines through to the outside I mean I don't know about you but it's hard for me to apply the standard to myself I'm working on it harder than I ever have before but I know people that are physically amazingly beautiful I mean perfect what we would consider perfect looking eyes and hair and makeup always just so or handsome and muscular and looking just a particular way and they are some of the most ugly people I have ever met because they may be physically beautiful but their insides are horrible awful evil lying manipulative selfish narcissistic people and they're ugly and that ugliness permeates everything that they do so much so that when I got to know them, I realized they weren't beautiful at all. And now I don't look at them and go, wow, they're nice looking. I look at them and go, oh, how sad. And it's the same thing with somebody who maybe doesn't look how society says they should look or doesn't look how society says beautiful or physically beautiful is supposed to look. But they're so beautiful, so authentic, so genuine, so sweet. So kind, so funny, that it shines through. And once you get to know them, you don't even realize that they have physical flaws because they're just them and they're so beautiful that the outside doesn't matter. It's what's inside that matters. And I know this to be true and I know it's reality, but oh, I don't know about you. It's really hard to apply to myself. So I have to work on it. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says... Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. So my graying hair and my wrinkles and my um, breasts that need some extra propping up, those things don't matter. I'm being renewed day by day inside. And First Peter 3, 3 through 4 says, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. I don't know about you, but I want to be of great worth in God's sight. So that doesn't mean we can't wear our hair up and dress nice or enjoy nice things. That means that those outer things are not who we are. And they're not where our beauty lies. Our beauty is in our inner beauty, which is of great worth to God. And it should be to us as well. Okay. Lie number two (laughs) that I've believed. Um, It's a lie that organized religion, I'll be honest. And well-meaning Christians taught me by their actions over the years. Okay. And that lie is the lie that says, I go to church, I read the Bible, so I'm a good Christian. Um, yes, that's what I once believed. So no, those things don't make you a good Christian or make you a good member of the body of Christ. In fact, going to church doesn't make you a Christian at all. It doesn't mean you belong to the Lord. So um, there's that quote, and I can't remember who said it, maybe Joyce Meyer or someone else, um, sitting in a pew in a church does not make you a Christian any more than going and sitting in a garage makes your car. It doesn't. So going through those motions of just going to church and just reading the Bible, they don't make you saved. They don't make you sanctified or put you in a relationship with the Lord. They're not bad things. My goodness, they're not bad things at all. But they help. And prayer, prayer but prayer is essential. Having a relationship with the Lord is essential. Reading the Bible is essential. And going to church can be a great part of your journey. And I'd say it's what God prefers us to do. But there's a difference between knowing about God and having a relationship with God. There's a difference in having knowledge about God and knowledge about church. There's a, and reading the Bible and quoting scripture and actually knowing God. So... I'm not saying it as well as someone else can. So let me give you a quote from Barnabas Piper. He says, I wasn't trying to be hypocritical. I was blinded by the truth I knew. I had fooled myself into thinking I was living by faith in God. When instead I was living a life shaped by knowledge of him. And those are two very different things. So knowledge of God and knowing God are two different things. Okay, lie number three. I'm not smart enough to do fill in the blank. Or, let me say that a different way, because this is usually how I say it. I'm so stupid. How many times a week or a day do you say that to yourself? Oh, I'm so stupid. I got in a bad habit for a while of calling myself stupid. I actually didn't mean it when I first said it. Not not at the core of who I am. Like, oh, I'm some unintelligent ignoramus. I, that's not what I meant. I was just frustrated in the moment over something I did the wrong way. And the results were not good. Uh, and I felt stupid because it's not like I didn't know how to do it. You know what I mean? It's like one time I accidentally grabbed the salt shaker and put a half. A, uh, it actually wasn't a salt shaker, but it was a container of salt. And I put a half a cup of salt in the pitcher of tea instead of a half a cup of sugar. Now, whoo. Thankfully, I don't drink tea and my husband had to take it, take a drink of it before I knew (laughs) that, that really isn't funny, but it is. Okay. So, but you know what I mean? I felt stupid, um, in that moment. So things like that, um, it make it so easy for me to say, Oh my gosh, I'm so stupid. The problem is the more I say that lie to myself, the more I believe it, the more I use those words, the easier they are to use again and the more they sink in. I have to work hard not to say to myself, oh you're so stupid. Like when I mess something up because when it comes right down to it I am still telling a lie to myself because I am not stupid. Just because I mistook salt for sugar or I did some other very human thing like forget to put the lid back on the milk so when my husband grabbed the gallon and pulled it out of the refrigerator it went down the front of his shirt. Now, no, not all of my (laughs) acts of humanness half my husband is the victim but sometimes they do those are the ones that are funny but anyway (laughs) um, I have to work really hard not to call myself stupid because eventually it sinks in and it's a lie I would believe okay lie number four I'm not good enough for God I've made so many mistakes and done so many things wrong there's no way he could ever forgive me not true Oh, it's not true. And if you study the word and you're in relationship with him, you know it's not true. God made you in His image, not an image of a demon or a donkey or a bucktooth gray wombat. He made you in His image. Your value is not determined by what other people think of you or by what other people call you, or what they want to label you, or what you think of yourself. Whether or not you're good enough and what your true value is, is determined by how God views you. And he sent Jesus to forgive your sins. That's no small thing. It's plain and simple. God doesn't make mistakes. God's grace is greater than the greatest sin anyone could ever commit. So you are good enough for God because he said you are, because he made you. And when you say that you're not good enough, you're kind of really insulting our Heavenly Father all right line number five I 'm fine without consistent prayer and time with God. I can handle it wrong 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 <laughs> wrong you may feel fine this day or that day or in this moment or that moment, but there is no substitute for time with God. I feel hypocritical telling people this because there are times I get so caught up in my to-do list. And what I think needs to get done that's so important that all of a sudden I see that my time I set aside to spend one-on-one with God has slipped right by me. And when that happens, I feel awful. It's not that I feel guilty necessarily, but I feel horrible because I missed my opportunity to have one-on-one time with my creator. I missed my opportunity to just pour everything out to Jesus and to praise Jesus So if I have to stay up late or get up early or skip lunch or whatever it is I need to do, I just need to do it. Think about your relationship with your spouse or your child or your best friend. If you don't spend time together, you don't talk regularly, you don't engage regularly, what happens? Your relationship starts to dissolve. You become distant. It becomes normal to you. You can't connect like you used to. You don't enjoy time together like you did because you feel that disconnection. And so your relationship starts to fail. It starts to fall apart. And eventually it means less and less to you. It's the same thing with your relationship with God. It is impossible for me to be the woman God wants me to be apart from spending consistent time cultivating that relationship with him and having that one-on-one time with him with consistent prayer and worship and even just being silent in his presence. It's impossible. And while I probably have a list of a hundred other lies that I could (laughs) say that I have believed or still believe and that I'm working on not believing I'll shine my light on one more truth, um, that, uh, or actually one more lie, (laughs) one more lie, uh, for now. And that's lie number six. I don't deserve better than fill in the blank with some bad thing. Think about it a minute. I don't deserve better than, and you may not verbally say it, but you may act that way. You may walk in that lie. You may... Live a life as if you don't deserve better than, oh, I don't know, than the abuse that you got, the way you were treated. You don't deserve better than being ignored or talked down to or made fun of or to be told you're not good enough or to be discarded. And this lie, lie number six, which may be lie number one in your book and lie number one for a lot of us is a lie that it permeates so many women and men That because we have made mistakes or we aren't perfect and we see ourselves as if we can't be forgiven, that we can't be loved, that we're not good enough, that we deserve to be treated poorly, that we don't deserve better than what we're getting, whatever that bad behavior is, whatever that hurt is thrown at us. Or maybe we don't look a certain way or we don't have enough money or dress a certain way or don't run with a particular crowd or don't do just what our siblings want us to do when they want us to do it. Or we haven't pleased somebody the way that we think we should please them. So we think that we don't deserve to be treated better or loved more than we currently are. Some of us, accept mental, emotional, physical, and verbal abuse because we think we have to, because we think that's all we deserve, and because we're afraid to walk away from it, because maybe that's all there is. Maybe that's all we're good for. Guess what? We do deserve better. God didn't put us in this world to be doormats, to be stepping stones for other people, or trash cans for other people's garbage. Whether it's family, friends, spouses, strangers, we deserve to be treated like the children of God we are. We are chosen. We are loved. He takes the time to shape us and mold us. We're imperfect, but we're being perfected. We're made in His image and growing to be who God calls us to be. So if this is you and you're yearning to step out of wherever you are because where you are is not good for you, then I pray you will seek God and the hand of a friend or a loved one you trust to help you walk out of whatever situation it is that you're in that you shouldn't be in, be it work or personal, because God didn't make us to be walked on. He made us to be walked with. He made us so that he could walk with us. He made us to walk hand in hand with him. We are children of the Most High one true God and it's about time that we embraced it and walked as if we are okay and and those six lies don't even I know cover the myriad of lies that are thrown at us every day through commercials and euphemisms and misguided quotes and Hollywood ideals and social media like I don't know like diamonds are a girl's best friend and the clothes make the man cleanliness is next to godliness or You know the 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 real big one, one size fits all, ha, (laughs) or the bigger the better, and dare I say it, liar liar pants on fire, (laughs) because truthfully, how fun yet scary would it be if that were the truth, that someone's pants just burst into flames every time they lied, Um, we would be one huge inferno. But especially since it seems that these lies never end, right? They're everywhere and they're growing more and more each day. That's the way we have to armor ourselves up and be able to discern and know what the truth is. Because God's truth is eternal. Truth is not about perception and how you see something versus how someone else sees something. Truth is truth. You may have different experiences than I do, so you have different feelings about truth. You may you have different viewpoints, but there is still only one truth, not my truth and your truth. Because lies are lies and deception is deception. Believing that truth is only a matter of one's perception is embracing a life that is open to deception. Plain and simple. But what is more plain and more simple, not convoluted, not complicated or scary is the fact that Jesus is our savior and he loves you. He loves me. He doesn't believe you're stupid or worthless, ugly or ignorant. He made you with a purpose in mind. So if you're breathing and you're listening to this podcast and hearing these words, please know that he has you in the palm of his hand, even when you can't feel it he feel him he is there and he has a plan for you even if you can't see what it is today I encourage you to be aware of this fact and I encourage you to be aware and discern um that there are people out there with smoking pants who are just waiting to lie to you and drag you into their deception so if you smell smoke that's because someone's bum is on fire (laughs) Don't believe anyone who tells you otherwise because God does have a purpose for you and he loves you with an unending love. Thank you so much. I pray that you today will ask for God to reveal to you the truths that you need to see and where you're believing lies that are um, just all around you um, and where you're believing things that you should not. Uh, Fight it. Fight it because he'll give you the armor to do it. Thank you so much for listening to The Woman Inspired podcast, please comment, like, share, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll hear from me again soon.